Hi guys, thank you again for tuning in to the How Do You Health podcast. I'm really excited about this episode because, well, first of all, it's the first one that I get to fully produce. And uh, I am Baldo here, and I wanted you guys to listen to this episode because it's an exciting one. We shot it live at uh, at Solar Punk Summit near Austin. We met with Johnny Dupre. He's an incredible person. We talked about relationships. We talked about connection. We talked about nonverbal communication and everything in between on people just connecting with each other and I hope you guys love it. You will notice that uh, we start off uh, uh, we, we start off the episode already uh, flowing because we, we were just having an incredible conversation already and I just figured there's no reason to just not start recording or to stop people talking and just so that we can start recording. So it's midway through and I hope you guys love it. I hope you guys learn a lot and as always this is sponsored by MSW Nutrition. Go to the website mswnutrition.com and uh, use code how do you health or hdyh for 10% off any of the supplements and i hope you guys enjoy it yes the partner will say yes to your wild ideas okay you but you also need that same partner to be able to say no to you after you've done the wild thing and they go come on neither one of us got better through that so you also need somebody who can place limit a, a healthy boundary. Otherwise, you'll go fucking wild. Right? Yep. You had just had that. Yeah, but you just had that, and it lasted 10 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. There are some qualities of that relationship, I can promise you, are not ser- we're not serving you. But there were certain things that al- allowed it to last 10 years. Have you sat down and done a double-sided list of the, th- of the qualities that made it last 10 and then the ones that ended it? No, write it down. Write it down. Yeah. Um, are you used to, are you, um, you strike me as a person who loves to hold space. Nice. Am I right? Yeah, for sure. You love to define and hold space and be rooted and, and support support somebody. Yeah. But on occasion, you wouldn't mind having someone do that for you. Sure. And lay you down in her lap and, and hold space for you. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Do you want me to get started? <laughs> <laughs> just just, just, uh, just two of them, because so I'm recording already. Oh, okay. Just so don't say his name. Okay. <laughs> um, you want a couple? Okay, number one, you need somebody who is as committed to humanity as they are to you or you won't believe in them. It's a requirement. You need somebody who's as committed to serving humanity as you are. No, you do. Yeah, because here's what's going to happen. If they're not as committed as you are, they're not going to understand why you have to go and do it. So when you look at your partner, you're like, I love you, and I know that you're, we're supposed to go to your family reunion. But there is a there is a an entire community who needs support right now. And as much as I love you, you can go spend time with your aunt and uncle, but I'm gonna go take care of these people. That person needs to go, yeah. Go. I'll go be with my aunt and uncle, I'll take care of the family thing. You go handle them. And they need to be inspired by that. Otherwise it will le- lead to contempt <laughs> and resentment over time. So that's why like 
It's not actually freedom. Because here's the problem. If you get too free, you don't believe they love you. <laughs> <laughs> so you need them to let you have to let you have the ability to go, but you also need to on some level have them look at you and say, "Hey, just know I don't want you to go. I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you, but I also get why you're going. That way you get to feel loved and inspired at the same time." Am I right? Okay. Um What'd you say? Yeah. So, on that note, we are speaking to Johnny Dupree. 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 Johnny Dupree. That's okay. It's just a name. He's a hypnotherapist that we've got to meet here at the Solar Punk Summit. And uh, we are live at Solar Punk Summit. Yes, we well, are. You, you won't be hearing this live, but we are live, shooting live. And it's perfect because we've got a gathering of people. And we got Aaron on my right side. We've got Nurse Doza. we got an IV going on Johnny here. Literally, right and, above my uh, head. We're going to be speaking a little bit about neuroscience and about relationships, as you guys already saw or heard in the first two and a half minutes of this, uh, of this recording. But uh, on that note, uh, I am Tex-Mex Yogi. So let's get the party started. What's up? So I I jumped in on that last part, <laughs> right? So what what were you throwing out there to uh, to everyone? Okay, so so start, you can start with what she told me first. Yeah. Okay, so basically speaking, what uh, what I studied and I spent my whole life studying is is consciousness, uh, relationships, psychology, sociology, social dynamics, romance, r like connection, human connection, and and for me, it's that literally is what makes the world go round. Yeah. It's it's if you're talking business, we're talking about human connection. Yeah. If we're talking about family, we're talking about human connection. If we're talking about how to build wealth, we're talking about human connection. Yep. If we talk about health, we're talking about social support systems. Yep. We're back into people with people again. Yep. So for me, at a young age, I just saw an important the importance of understanding how people operate. Yeah. Okay. So what I was just giving to to uh, this gentleman here was a couple of, of qualities or characteristics or traits that I see that he needs to have in a partner, uh, specifically for a long-term committed relationship. Yeah. Um, if you're into, if you're looking for a short-term recreational relationship, you're not look gonna look for the same qualities and traits as you would for something that's gonna be long-term and committed. And the reason for that is because your intention in entering into the relationship is different. Yeah, in a short-term right. recreational relationship, you're looking, to, you're looking for play, you're looking for fun, you're looking for newness, novelty, uh, new experiences, making memories, uh, and finding out who you are uh -huh. and in, in potential relationship. When you want a long-term committed, there's going to be a lot of sacrifices you're going to have to make in order to serve each other. Yep. Okay, so what I, what I wanted to do uh, for this beautiful soul right <laughs> here was, uh, was give him a couple of ideas about the kind of partner he's going to want to end up with yep. for a long-term committed relationship. Because I get the feeling he's played in the short-term recreational long enough. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what I was hoping that they'll. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, these two fine other gentlemen were <laughs> in the round, and I've happened to um, vibe them vibe long them. long enough to to grab a couple <coughs> of qualities for them too. So just to give you guys a little bit of a background, yesterday we were uh, sitting behind the bar, or I was standing behind the bar, and at some point, and I've. We had to discuss what kind of work you do, and you ha I had heard you talking to a couple other people. But at some point, it's like, you're really loud. Uh, <laughs> and, I and I was like, I don't, I, I'm not saying anything. It's like, oh, no, you just, your, your head's really loud. And yeah. so you were, so actually, one of the questions I had for you is like, were you, could you hear the actual thoughts, or you could just hear that the thoughts were there? Um, 
when you study nonverbal body communication, you study facial analysis. I've, I've spent probably the better part of the last 10 years studying, studying that. When you study unconscious communication, when you study personality, the psychology of personality, you get fam very familiar with someone really, really quickly, quickly yeah. really quickly. Yeah. Uh, and there are a couple of things I, I genuinely pay attention to. Okay, one, I pay attention to what I call the seven bodies. And the seven bodies are, are how I map across human experience. So each of us has five bodies we live within us. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and sexual. Okay. Okay, each, each of us has those five bodies within us. Okay. But then my five bodies have to meet your five bodies, and my five bodies have to meet her five bodies, and his five bodies, and her five bodies. And so the two bodies that allow us to make these five meet your five are financial and social. Okay. Okay, financial is any exchange of value. It could be bartering. It can be, sure. it could be an exchange of ideas sure. that benefit my life and benefit your life. Yep. We're exchanging something. So believe it or not, that for me is financial. Career, job, all of that's covered in that. And then there's social. And social is any heart-centered bond. Okay. It's connection, really. Okay. So family, friends, romance, partners, all of it. Right. That's all I would consider social. Okay. Okay. Getting a feel for somebody when you talk to them by paying attention to the, the way they relate to these seven bodies allows you to get to know somebody really quickly. That makes sense. That maps across in me unconsciously as a, what's called a synesthesia. Okay. Which is my unconscious mind is picking up all of this information, yeah. which is about, according to neuroscience, about 400 billion bits of information per second. It's like a sixth sense, right? And it appears as a sixth sense. And yep. the sixth sense for me is actually awareness. Conscious awareness. It's an aware, an awareness. It doesn't and have to necessarily be conscious. It can be an unconscious, an but it's an awareness that. Because now you just feel it before you even that's think right. about what that could mean. Ah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So this yeah, awareness, yeah, this sense. awareness is it sort of a sixth sense. Intuition is nothing more than an awareness of the other, the other bodies all put into one. Yep. That makes sense. sense. That makes yeah. sense. Well, my synesthesia means that my unconscious mind can pick up information about the person I'm looking at, talking to, connecting with on a deep level, yep. and it turns it into another one of my senses. Yes. So if I'm picking up visual cues off of you, I might pick up a smell. Interesting. Like or it, it might present itself as a it smell. It might present itself to me as a smell. Yeah. So uh. I'll, I'll say things like, you smell scared. It's like pheromones, it's right? A, it's, it's, feel, it's pheromones. But that's how it. That's how this synesthesia appears in me. That makes is sense. Is as a smell. That makes sense. So you know what's funny about that? I can do that with vibration. So because I believe energy is vibration, so I believe it's a frequency. So if we're all antennas, this conversation that we're having right now is on a radio station right now that's vibing with all of us. That's right. And so what that's happened right. is it's like, hey, we can pull in this guy real quick because he's on a different station. Yeah. Hey, you're listening to classical. Come over here and listen to jazz real quick. Yeah. Oh, I like jazz. Cool. What are y'all talking about? And you then know? he can add his classical vibe into the yeah, jazz. Right. And now we made some beautiful music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yesterday when, when, you were, when we were talking, um, I turned my head away, and I wasn't even looking at you. And I, I could hear um, not words. But yes. and I was like, God, is that me? And I and I checked in with myself, and I'm like, that's not me. And then I looked over, and you were like this, <laughs> staring off into space. And I went, it's not me. Ah. It's Baldo. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I went, I can hear you in my head. Yeah. And then I said, well, that's interesting because like, I know what you mean, but I don't. I can't tell you what I was thinking. No. And then you said. 
m talking at a million miles a minute. Could, but it, you referenced it to it was something to do with before I could even speak, so there's no words I could put put to it. That's right. It's so a it, it's so a it came out to like blah, blah, because yeah, it comes out it comes out pre-verbal, pre which is which, which for me is a set of uh, tones. Yes. Yeah, if you look at a, ch a child who's one and a half years old that doesn't know how to speak yet, they're still communicating. They yeah. just aren't. They aren't. They're. Um, we just can't understand them. <laughs> that's right. They're, well, they haven't developed their language yeah. center enough yet. They haven't developed their executive order higher functioning. Yeah. Their 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 um, prefrontal cortex and their yep. medial. It hasn't been developed yet. Yeah. And so they are receiving signal, receiving energy yep. to use your yep. to use your term. They are receiving yep. energy and signal from the people around them. They just haven't learned how to process it and then communicate it back the same way everybody else is around them yet. Yeah. Yep. So when I'm listening to somebody in a trance, all I hear is their tone of voice, their tones of voice, the speed and tempo at which they're talking yep. to themselves. Uh, and, and, and that gives me information. And it's like looking into their psyche. It's looking at subconscious. The way that they hold. Cause, yeah. Because I look at holding patterns. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I'm very bad about is posture. Right. And the way that you carry yourself just by your chest. Imagine from a primal instinct, that's what bigger animals do to basically allow themselves Posturing. to establish do dominance, dominance yeah. right? Territorial, territorial right. presence. So then yeah. what I look at is this, like in the sales world, you know, some of the old jokes are like, the person who talks first is the one who loses. loses. So imagine if you were to just communicate just solely through eyes, what you could be able to communicate to another person as far as understanding, then it goes down to their posture. You can almost pick up energy when it when it comes in the room because you're like, man, I don't know, this this change of energy just came I over. I wouldn't here. say it's almost. I it's would say you, you absolutely can't because yeah, the, can because the other thing is up. you have magnetism that's literally coming in because of that because all of us are basically this battery that's walking around with all this charged energy, right? Oh yeah, dude, I'm an energizer bunny. So so think about this from the science standpoint, the mitochondria, right? Not to get too scientific, we but can. it's the powerhouse of of energy. Yep. It's a battery. We yep. all have these little millions of batteries in our body, and what you're getting is something to recharge it. Yep. So if you recharge your battery on the deepest level possible, you walk around like fully charged, like I can function better. But you're 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 recharging it on the physical on the realm. physical. On the physical yes. What about recharging the mental body and the, the emotional bodies. body and the sexual yes, yeah. body and the spiritual body? Each one of them can be recharged. So I imagine from the mental body, here's here's what. And it's one of the things that I was even going to talk about today from a from a longevity standpoint, the mental wellness is you always want to address that. If you walk around and you talk to a person who might be like depressed, I don't like to really use that word, but let's say depressed or anxious. Why, why don't you like using that word? Because it's a label. Yeah, but we need labels in order to communicate. Like well, we can't talk. We can't. We can't share our subjective reality ah, with another person without having a label, a uh, word, a representation of that experience. So, so go back to the energy aspect. All right. So a guy comes in. Yeah. I watched, and because I'm very much in you, the, the sense is not necessarily those the seven categories you talk about. It's more of like I can just sense his vibrational energy when he walks in a room. Yep. And I could tell that something's off. There's dysfunction. There's this ease somewhere. Misalignment. Misalignment. In, in, I love that. You said that. Realignment the other day. It's yeah. like that's a misalignment of something, yeah, right? Something. It's a chi, whatever. Like sure, you yeah. Call, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I know what's going on. How can I help you? The person wants to open up, but they're reluctant to. And if I label them and say, I know what's going on with you, buddy. You're depressed. It's almost like asking someone, why do you do this? They recluse back into when they were younger, and they hear the why, and they become defensive. It's the same. Uh, regre a regression. A and a regression. regression. So you go back into the id, and you go back to the psyche, the subconscious. Say, look, man, 
I'm trying to tell you is you look like you're down, right? Is there something going on with you? Because you can talk about it here. Okay. Most people think it's a broken sense, like I am broken. And I imagine say, no, what if mm -hmm. you just run on low serotonin production? Or, or you've just mastered sadness. <laughs> you mastered sadness. Well, because it could be addicting, right? It's still a chemical release. It's, it's just training. I mean, not to take it away is, from what you guys know, but, 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 but if you practice something long enough, it, it becomes, becomes really good. Well, that's the neuroplasticity aspect. That's so, right. so, so, yeah, so that's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. getting at. So think about this. Negative thoughts can literally, from a chemical standpoint, produce inflammatory cells in the body that attack you. Yes. The yes. same way an infection would. The same way a negative thought the pattern The same can. A negative thought pattern. So imagine this. If mental wellness is so important, you literally can cause yourself uh, to be sick or healthy just on your own thoughts in your head. Like just what you think That's every day. That's your um, psychoneuroimmunology. Yes. Yes. <laughs> psychoneuroimmunology. <laughs> we just created. Is that, is, is that a thing? No, that's a, that's a that's whole a real field thing. of science. That's a real thing. Psychoneuroimmunology. <laughs> how your mindset affects through your neurology, your it immune makes sense. system. Well, it makes it's, sense. It's that... Uh, that water test, right, or like the f the what's it called, the snowflake test. Yep. Where do you guys know about Mas this, right? Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Emoto. Emoto, yep. right? Yep. Like, yep. And, and you speak to the fucking thing while it's dropping and see how it crystallizes when it freezes. Man, imagine how you talk to yourself. Sure, and we're mostly water. So. Yep. Yeah. Well, right. well, think about this. If we're mostly water, the other day I was looking at this video. Science has discovered that water has memory, like DNA memory, like you can make like literally like a vaccine from a water droplet that took a picture of a viral infection that's gene therapy now on top of that a water droplet has vibrational energy sure so imagine if you put like a vibrating plate and you put a water droplet on top of it it would vibrate and there would be a pattern a geometric pattern so what yeah. I think, you think about this are you, you trying to tell me there's some order to this whole there's universe? some order to <gasps> this thing it's not just the idea that you just call it like just random energy it's like no, th there's it's a physical component to it but the mental aspect is this when they say like your gut's your second brain your serotonin comes from your gut yeah so if you eat like crap and you don't produce any serotonin you're walking around with an inflamed digestive tract and you have negative thoughts on top of it you'll produce inflammatory serotonin when you finally do and what happens is you can't get better no matter how many pills, IVs, therapies you get because when you go back home, the holding pattern goes back to the same neuroplasticity when you go back home to say, I'm not worth it. I'm an imposter. I'm a fake. I'm not good yeah, enough. These, and, these, and uh, these BS so beliefs. We, we these BS beliefs. Yeah, uh, so can you get into the three? Yesterday you talked about um, worth. Oh, uh, the three things I don't believe in. Yes, the yes, three, the three, the three, bull, the three bullshits. Okay, so number one, let, I'm just going to go through these really quickly. Number one, blame. Okay, when you actually blame another human being, it does two things. One, it separates responsibility and ownership of choice from you and from them in the moment. And everybody has their role to play, and everybody played their role and their part in it. So as soon as you blame, it's the negative utilization of your ability to place a judgment on something to try and separate you from whatever actually occurred. It happened. It happened the way it happened. You reacted the way you reacted. They reacted the way they reacted. But your blame after the fact is to try and let yourself off the hook from what already occurred. It's a complete waste of psychological energy. Okay? And it separates you from power. Yeah. Okay? So blame for me is a complete waste. Yeah. I complete get, waste of I time. Okay? Second, deserving. This concept of deserving, she didn't deserve that, he did deserve this. And, and the, uh, the concept I often take, say to people is, did the seven-year-old deserve leukemia? <laughs> did, that, did that puppy deserve to be born into a dog fighting ring? 
Okay, did the did the, the did the man and the woman who just got married deserve to get in a car accident the next day and the man die? Did she deserve that? Deserving has nothing to do with what actually does happen or doesn't happen. So for me, it's a, a complete negative, once again, a negative utilization of our ability to place judgment on something. So instead, let's get beyond deserving. Let's just deal with life as it is. Okay. Deal with the, the truth of something. And the third concept I, I just cannot understand why humanity destroys itself with this is worth, self-worth. People are like, well, I'm good enough. I'm not good enough. Good enough according to whom? Good enough according to what? In what context were you good enough? And, and if I had taken you out of that context and put you in this context, what would your worth be? Yep. I agree. Whatever you decide it is. That's because, right. Because literally, I love this quote. There was a guy that said, when you were younger, you thought everyone was looking at you. When you got older, you realized no one was looking at you. No one cared. No one cared. No yeah, one yeah, cared yeah, at yeah. all. <laughs> right? They're oh, too yeah. busy caring about themselves exactly. thinking you're caring about exactly. them. Exactly. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, it, and and I'll, I'll give you an example. This is one of my favorite things recently. I believe in this. I'm not sure about this. I think that the first NFT piece of artwork was, were, was bought for $70 million. I think the first NFT yeah. artwork. I wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't buy it for seventy dollars, but to somebody else, that painting, that art, was worth seventy yep. million dollars. Yep. And so the worth of that thing was decided by that individual. And this takes us to the quote: "Beauty is in the eye of, of, the, beholder. of the beholder." So worth changes according to perspective. Well, if your worth changes according to perspective and you have no self-worth, who are you rating that based on? Whose perspective are you rating that worth based on? Likely mom. mom. Yeah. Likely dad. dad. Yep. Likely the society, the religion, the culture you grew up in. That you cool. were told. Stop giving them worth yep. and watch how much their worth matters to you. That's right. So stop making their perspective worth anything to you and, and vice versa will Im immediately and instantly occur. So that, that for me, worth is a BS concept. Deserving is a BS concept and blame is a BS concept. Ownership and responsibility for one's own power and choice in the moment as you take actions, positive or negative. Right, and you leave it at that and it removes the traumatic response and connection to it because we should respond, not react. If we respond, essentially, we say, okay, I can make a level-headed decision without emotions attached, right? Unfortunately, traumatic events have allowed us to have this emotional attachment that can be viewed as positive or negative, right? Yeah. I think crying and positive And positive and negative is, once again, according to the judgments it's, you're it's passing. That's right. So because you can say, hey, guys aren't supposed to cry. That's a, that's, that's a sign of weakness. I'm saying to who? To me, if anything, it's the biggest release possible. Like, I need to get this out of my system. I feel so good when I finally do cry. And can I, can I take a, 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 a giant step be behind yeah. that? Yeah. I think it's contextual. You cannot determine whether a cry is good or bad unless you have the context and the intention and the present state established. Great. Well said. Because I well know said. people who cry, <laughs> and, and they don't get what they want That's out right. of out of the, the moment that's right because of their because of their their crying so maybe it isn't a cleanse for it, them it's right just like the the journeys on the weekend you got yeah. i hate to say it i hate to say it but it's like how are you implementing the change you have to determine what is your desire for you to determine whether or not something is good or bad that's right and i look at it as saying if i'm ready to face everything and and deserve the constructive criticism coming i can grow because I can learn from what all this really meant. And because life is full of experiences and not failures, 
I can look at it and say, hey, I can leave that time back then, and I was that person. I'm not that same person anymore. I evolved. I adapted. Which is all a perspective. It's yeah. all a perspective because who's judging who? Who cares what it says? There's right? the so worst thing you go, again. If you go back to the Ten Commandments, <laughs> come on. That was like the original way but we used to think 50 years ago of judgment. Nowadays, no one really looks at that anymore, right? And you say, well, what? And, and, and when you're this. saying this to me about the Ten Commandments, my brain jumped to Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. Way before the Ten Commandments existed. Yeah. Like like, like the pharaohs. And, and, like, and yeah. it's like back then when, when all of that came as a part of that story, what came before that? So what were the Ten Commandments or the judgment schematic, the schema, the blueprint for judging based the on ultimate society? Judgment. At ultimate point? judgment. So I think, I think all of it's fluid. It's a commandment. It's not an agreement, yeah. right? Which is interesting so because what is intentionality? It, play it only has value to the extent you give it value. It's the same dang thing again. If I don't believe, I can't believe I'm about to go here. This is going to be raw. Awesome. Okay, I'm about to go here. Go. If I don't believe Jesus Christ is God or the Son of God, nothing in the Bible makes a shit bit of difference. I understand that. Nothing. <laughs> I, have, I have to believe Jesus Christ yes. is the Son of God or directly connected to God for anything else in the Bible or anything else in Christian doctrine to mean anything. Otherwise, it's just a story. It's just another story. Hey, okay, so I, I have to buy into that. Let's call it a core belief, yeah. a root assumption. And the root assumption is Jesus Christ was God or was the Son of God. If I buy into that... All of the other derivatives of, of come come off of that. Okay? If you true. don't believe God exists, religion religion kind of loses hold on you. All of the doctrines of all world religions yep. kind of lose hold on you. Same thing with science, though. Science, for me, is another... There's some root assumptions of science or core root assumptions in science. And if you believe in those, then all of the scientific method, research method, and all the other yep. all the other doctrines of science make sense. It does. So you still have to, at some at some base level, buy into or or adopt or own or have some intentionality around saying this is what I choose to believe. Yep, I agree with that. Stand for something. Let's, uh, otherwise, it's all fluid, and that's the beauty of consciousness. It's completely fluid. And then if we map that across to what we know of neuroscience, now we have neuroplasticity. Yep. neuroplasticity. It's all completely fluid. It is. You could change your brain. Energy is movement. Energy is movement. You can always change. To remain stagnant is death. Uh, I disagree. Why? Um, the Wright brothers had an absolute rock-solid belief that, that banned flight was possible. And everybody tried to convince them they were crazy. They were nuts. And they held rigidly. To their belief in that. Nope. I believe it exists. I'm going to do it. How many inventors, innovators, um, thought-provoking conversationalists have, have stuck to rigidly their belief system yeah. in the face of challenge until everybody went, oh, crap. They were right. Good year. That's you, a you know, example. like, ah, oh, crap. They were right. And then, uh, and then all yeah. of a sudden, they're uh, a revolutionary. Goodyear. Yes. I, I can't tell you. Goodyear, who basically discovered rubber, spent like 13 years or something failing every single day, quit his job, his family was Was it an failure? Idiot. And that's the thing, right? And he did it and revolutionized what? Like people, like that me think about because now you could drive places. What's this made of? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could, you could drive places, yeah. right? And it was the stubbornness, the, the I, I love that. I, I, I do agree with that. So I think that I think that if we're going to be true um, philosophers, yep. but maybe we should call ourselves philosophists. 
Because a philosopher just has a, a philosophers, I think, sit around and just think, but a philosophist takes thinking and applies it. Ah, yes. I like so let's, that. Let's call, I like okay, that. So, so if we're going to be That's philosophers, yes. I like that. we're, we're practitioners like here. If we're going to be philosophers, we're then, then, then I like that. The, the mind, consciousness, can do two things, two important things. It can fundamentally expand or yep. contract. Yep. You can, even with your vision, you can go diffused or mm -hmm. foveal, mm -hmm. peripheral. Or you can go focal. You can you can zoom in, foveal. You can so go in on something. Does it have to be moving? Could it be stagnant? You can absolutely hold. You've done this. Sure. People have done this in concentrative yep. meditation. They yep. put a dot on the wall or something, and they focus just on that dot, and every they, they disappear everything else. Yeah. But they also have mindfulness meditation, where you sit back and let thoughts move by like clouds in the sky. Peripheral. No. Foveal. So we've got these things that our hardware can do. <laughs> we can do flexible, or we can do rigid. That's interesting. So you don't see much things as literature, like li like like space and 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 time and speed. time doesn't exist. Time, doesn't time exist. is time built doesn't on exist. space. Yes. Time is built on space. Just like energy doesn't exist, energy is built on matter. Okay. So we rate these two systems based on each other. Time we can measure time because of change. Okay. Though so if I look at a tree. I'm watching something in space, and I'm watching the leave, the leaf crumble and then fall off. Via my ability to register that in space, I can judge time. So as the leaf falls, there's a certain amount of time in which that thing moves through space. So as it moves through space, I now have time. Otherwise, how do we rate time? Uh. We did it with a sun dial. Yeah. Yeah. We watched something move, move through Space. <laughs> and we went, ah, time. Yeah. So time exists as a demarcation of change. Okay, energy, can't prove energy exists or not exists. We base it built on matter. Yes. Our value. Matter. Okay, this we can touch. This was tangible to us. Energy is a is an abstract concept built off of the matter we built yeah. through experience. And from there, we can extrapolate it out that energy exists. But space is also energy. Now we're getting now we're getting deep. Now we're getting into quantum well, light, quantum consciousness. So because and now we're getting into some really deep stuff. All this right, is, so this, we could go here so if you I'm, want. I'm this is into, wild. I'm getting into grace, right? Because my definition of grace is that I could easily this matter could have easily been nothing. It could have been empty space. Yet the fact that I can recognize that I'm something and that I can feel anything that's graceful. Interesting. I wouldn't I, see. And for me, I, I go, how do you know? How do you know you exist? Sure. Well, the fact that I can even ask myself that question. No, how, how do you know that you're not a figment of my dream? I'm that's having true. Right now? that's true. Because we're or shit. Yeah. Am I not in yours? Y'all are all in mine. You're mine. Y'all are in mine. If you, <laughs> are in mine. If you wake <laughs> up, if you wake up, I could cease to exist. That's true. This now we're getting it's now inception. we're getting into stuff like like <laughs> philosophy. Now we're talking Descartes. We're talking like we're getting into serious conversations. Wittgenstein and Schrödinger. Like we're getting into serious conversations about thought or consciousness. Sure. Like déjà vu. And that's fine. Like, I don't know if you exist. <laughs> yeah. I only, well, yeah, yeah. you only exist because I tell you yeah. that you exist. You only present as Baldo because you told me that. And because you chose to believe, and me. I chose to believe, to believe that. <laughs> so I believe that, which means anyone could be be anything. I you I you choose to present yourself any way possible. Well, there's always yep. multiple realities. There, there's and, multiple and, realities. And, yes. and and once again, I could say, how do you know that? <laughs> because I believe that. 
There it is. I believe it, it comes down to the way you associate to because it's a possibility. Dissociate and that's from. all. That's all we need. Well, that's what science is. That's all. That's that's what anything is. It's a possible. It's hope. All you're looking for is hope. Tell me there's a chance. Tell me there's a possibility. I don't want to hear the word no because everyone that was told no before wound up being proved right. I did it. I created yeah. this when you said we couldn't. But there do have it. also been a lot of people who have said prove this right that didn't. Yeah. We call them crackpots <laughs> or mad scientists, madmen. Okay, but but so there's you're going to get both sides of that. You're going to get the people that end up successfully proving yep. that the innovation that they had, their creativity and their, they weren't their, crazy after all. They weren't crazy. After <laughs> but all. you can create your own di diameters. I mean, that's what it goes back to. If I believe that it's I'm right, worth. I'm going to prove that I'm right. If I believe you're wrong, I'm going to prove you're wrong. It's the same conversation. Cognitive bias. It's th it is. It's cognitive, cognitive bias. bias. We're all biased at one point because we have our own th th universe. But this that is we're what projecting. I'm trying to say. You, we can't. Ex this is we exist in a three-dimensional reality. So we have to go back and forth between uh, abstract and concrete. Between between tangible, physical, I can measure it in my five senses, and the meaning I make of it, of it. or information to interpretation. God damn, it's the matrix. It's the matrix. Information to interpretation. And so when you recognize this as a, as, a, as a hypnotist, when you recognize this in what I do, you realize that, that certain people are rigidly holding on to certain ideas and, and too flexible or too abstract with others. Yep. So when somebody says, I'm a shit lover, I go, are you sure? And they go, yes, they're now rigidly attached to that yeah. belief. So it's my job as a, as a hypnotist, as a, as a therapist, as a, as a conscious seeker, as a, as a psychosocial coach, okay, to get in there and invite them to loosen that up, so to loosen up that, that a, belief, r that rigidity around it, that concreteness. And so you get into neurolinguistic programming? That's that, exactly yeah. why I got it into, is. N into Neuroplasticity, NLP. Neuroplasticity, baby. It's, it, that's exactly why I got into NLP is because NLP gave me a, a foundational map or yep. a framework for utilizing language to help facilitate the movement from rigidity to flexibility and back again. It makes sense. That's because all. Because if I were to tell you, I if I were to tell you that you are a multi, you are a multi, multi, multi-faceted being that's capable of, of doing anything you want in this life. I believe that. You believe that. That's yep. rigid. There, however, there are per certain people that don't believe that. Yep. I get okay. that. Yeah. There are also people that show up to my office that show up to sit down with me and go, I don't know where I'm going with my life. I yep. don't know what I'm doing. Yep. And I go, well, what do you want? And they go, I don't know. That's too much flexibility. They need some rigidity. <laughs> they, they need some concreteness. Right yep. now, there are too many choices. They're, yep. they're stuck in infinite possibility. Okay, you any if you've yeah. ever dated or, or hung out with anybody who's indecisive, you'll yeah. know how, oh, how yeah. challenging that could be. What do you want to eat tonight? I don't know. You make well, well, but you yeah. know what's funny about that? I'm gonna say, like in the clinical world, you call it like attention deficit disorder, right? Yeah. What in the in the frequency that, in the yeah. frequency world, you say you're in theta mode. Oh yeah, if you're in that brainwave frequency, right? And so we have we have a brain scan machine that basically measures your theta to beta ratio, which is interesting. Because if a person has ADD, technically they're in high theta, low beta. Huh. Which is interesting because if you think about alpha and beta waves, yeah. we're in alpha right now, right? And so if we want to change the conversations, we have to change the frequency at which our brains are firing. And if someone has a dysfunction, you could literally just change the frequency of their brain, and then they start firing Theoretically. Theoretically. And, 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 this, and this is, the, this is where, where I love what you guys do because it's a combination of physical, the physical body, Okay, right? Because yep. you're measuring brain waves, so you're yes. measuring the physical body yep. and its connection to the mental, yep. which, by the way, can't not exist without the emotional. So the, there's, a, there's a play there. Yep. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And I love that you guys are coming at it from the physical body, whereas I come at it from the mental yeah. and emotional. Well, humans have been wanting answers forever. Explain to me what it is that I for the look, need think about to it. know. Think about it. If you were to say this, the, the deepest question possible, like, what's the meaning of life? Whatever we make it. Think we are that. we are the meaning makers. Yeah. There is no meaning to any of this without somebody who can make meaning out so of it. So what about purpose? <laughs> for what about purpose? Like having a purpose. I've never connected. You mean a with choice? That. Like, what's your purpose? It's your choice. Sure. It's no. A choice. Yeah, yeah. But what? No, I guess my question is more of like, what is? The my purpose is to have no purpose. The importance of, like, why is that a common question? Like, what's your purpose in life? Um, common question is people are a common question from one person to another. Okay. Yeah, so like the reason. Okay. So, or, so or are we talking about dating? No, no, not necessarily. I would, I would talk about dating and what's your purpose because I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out who they are so that I can match myself to them so that I can well, date them. I just <laughs> meant the last time was more of like uh, someone asked me, what's your, what, it, what do you believe is your purpose in life? And I was like, I don't they're think looking, I've ever They're looking for your north star. Like what They're looking for me. a core assumption. They're looking for a core belief. Judgment. They're looking for a core judgment in order to extrapolate the rest of your personality based <laughs> off of that. <laughs> They're scanning you. Well, the th so my response to that was like, I don't really have ever thought about like if I have a specific purpose other than like specific situations require specific purposes, like you mentioned earlier. Intentionality again. Yeah, correct. Yep, 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 yep. Absolutely. But I was like, I don't, I don't know what you mean. The best well, I can come with, come up with, is like I'm just here to serve. Um, and which, by the way, could be too vague. Correct. But We're because it's yeah, flexible. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When, you're, when you're trying to create a business, okay, and you want to do a specific business and you want to offer a specific thing to the world, the more the more specific you get, the more lin you're pulling linear. So what is it? Is it in the middle then? Because just like he always says, you have to have an intent. Like you have to have an intent. I would say you have an intent whether you're aware of it or not. Sure. I would say there's always an intention. Just accept that that's like standard. the standard. What is it? The, the the failure to plan is the plan to fail. Yeah. yeah. But I would say that we all <laughs> we all, we always have an intent, whether we're consciously aware of it or not. Sometimes the, the intent is as simple as hunger. My intention is to keep my body in homeostasis. So yeah. my my intention is to eat. Pay bills. Paying bills. Yeah. My intent. My intention is to stay safe. Okay, whether you're aware of it or not, my intention is to join the tribe that is my country whatever the, those borders are and whatever you choose to assign yourself to. Okay, so we're back We're back in this rigid yep. flexibility, linear, abstract. We're back into these polarities, which would make sense. We live in a three-dimensional reality. Got to be able to understand the polarity, the paradox. Yeah, it that, is. You know, oh, the how, opposite sides. How much does it play in the fact that we're always desiring to want more? I, don't, I wouldn't I'd say we, because yeah. no. you just assigned are yourself you and absolutely everybody. Yeah. No, I would not say that that it, it depends on more of what. Well, we all want more of something. Nah. More sleep, more peace, more rest. So that I so want more is, of the so same if I have a, if, if I desire to have less talking, then I have a desire for more silence. Right. So you could say we all are looking for more. You could say we're all looking for less. A it's a balance. Yeah. It's oh, you're not getting it. No, I don't. It. What no. I mean is you said we are always looking for more, and I could actually flip that whole thing on its head and said, and said when you have more of one thing, you have less of another. So you could say we actually all want less, less of something. Yeah, well, it's either way. You, you can look at it either way. But it's perspective. Because it's what I right. It's because what I and believe is perspective. And yeah. we're back in a three-dimensional reality yes, yes. again, and we're back yes. into the – Yes, <laughs> Yeah. So it's like but it's one of those things that it's like time wasting, like you you meant earlier. Like it's just like those are not as important to think about. It depends. Okay. It depends on once again. It depends on context. Yeah. Sure. It depends on intentionality. 
and it depends on your desired result, like the result that the, the route in which you hope to get there. Um, for example, having this conversation with the with the, the two of you and with all the energy of the of the individuals who have blessed our space that are around yeah. us, maybe adding to to an aspect of my unconscious experience that I won't be aware of for the next ten years. Yep. Because right now, all of us, like I said earlier on this, are are absorbing 400 billion bits of information per second into our system right now, and our conscious minds can only be aware of I think 40 to 50 bits of information per second. That's a really big filter. It's a really big filter. Okay. That's but, a lot of data. But we still process and absorb it. It's still being processed. It's still yep. being absorbed. It's still being it, it's still being integrated into our system, into our neurology. But what we do with it is how we filter it. It's the patterns by which we run them through. <laughs> Metabolism. <laughs> See? And you take it. I'm, and, I'm sorry. And your that's natural how, metaphor. That's how it is. Yeah, but that's the whole point. But your that's my language. Metaphor is the physical that's, my body. that's how I can communicate. So then you detox, <laughs> you de you detox the extra data that's not being used? Ah. What, hey, what is an individual that goes off into the mountains for a week on a retreat trying to do. Just they're fasting, but they're mental, emotional fasting. Yeah. They're they getting any, away they from any influx. and all other beings. They, need, they don't want an influx. They, they, want, they want no <laughs> triggers from any other beings. Oh, I, I love that I so can't they even go, get service. <laughs> they, go out, they go out in the middle of nowhere to commune with God, which means closer or more, to speak your language, yep, yep. more <laughs> of God and less of man. That's right. That's right. So it's a cleanse. It is a cleanse so on yeah. the purest level. Because you know what we did when we did that? We went, we went to Big Ben. We went to Big Ben in the desert, a place where man is and not by the way, necessarily welcome. Frontside Neil wrote in the front shield. Yeah, the, front, the frontside Neil was there. But think about it. I was communicating with the desert. And if you walk around, all the green areas, there's cactus. Millions of cacti all ready to stab you in the ass, telling you you don't really belong here. And if you don't believe me, look at all the holes down the well of snakes. They're ready to grab you. And if you still don't believe me, I got the heat because you can't escape the heat. So really, it's like, why the hell did we come out here? But you come out there because in the middle of the night. No one else <laughs> is going to be there. <laughs> it's deafening. Yeah, it's it's so the, silence the silence is silence The, silence, the silence is so loud. Yeah, and but it, I want you resonates. to understand that. Listen to the beauty of the polarity of what you just said. The silence is deafening. I love it. It changes you. This, these kinds of conversations, when you use what, and in my field, we call this the apposition of opposites. What is um, um, a relaxed tension? <laughs> what if you are rigidly flexible? Okay, your brain, your mind starts to go, there's some polarities here worth playing with. Yep. And if you can touch the edges, then what does that mean you can do? Yeah, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You can run the range. Well, that's why I think of us. We're radio stations. That's all we are. We're, it's not, it's, Hawking's, David Hawking's used to talk about it's basically the pyramid, right? Yeah. Level consciousness, nirvana's up here. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's linear because you're going, it, it doesn't have to be anything. It's just we change stations all the time. Yep. And someone asked me, they said, what, it, I asked them, I said, what is it like if you're at, at, the, at the enlightenment? They said, it's boring. <laughs> they said it's so boring because you're unless you're talking to unless you talk to an enlightened being who's anything but bored. But that's the problem. <laughs> they said you, it's rare. It's the idea it's that rare. it's uh, lonely at the top. And yeah, I said, that's, that's but that's that's going back to the hierarchy. And I'm like, I don't agree that it's that way. I, I don't agree with that. I, I, at least what I'm hearing you say, I don't agree with at all. Well, because Literally, look, I'm with any of it. you study David Hawkins. You I look did. At the pyramid, Power right? versus force. Absolutely. And you, you have that picture in your head right I now, do. and that very apex. Right. Yeah. They. I mean, according to that chart, that's where we at least want to hit that a couple of times. I suspect that he's trying to talk about alignment. 
and, and by the way, it wasn't David Hawking saying, yeah, 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 saying yeah. that it was like. No, no, no. It wasn't Hawking saying that. It was saying I was asking another person oh. about consciousness. Okay. And I was like, well, according to Hawkins, mm. he talks about it's his hierarchy. And once you get to the top, like that seems like the goal. So why is not everyone trying to get to the top? And that person replied, it's lonely. Because Interesting. It, because it like dwindles down in the amount of people that are holding space in that area. Interesting. And because she views it as not everyone has like, Who are you going to talk to once you're up there? <laughs> but the thing is, if you have a bunch of people walk around, so you wouldn't think, I don't think you would think about it. If you're self-actualized, do you even care? Exactly. Well, yeah. well, that's, exactly. The, that's the other thing. You don't. <laughs> Unless if you're self-actualized, what's keeping you from talking to everybody that's in the different part of the pyramid? Well, that's the idea is that you're going to share the same vibration. You're going to go in and talk and have a – it's going to go up and down. You, you should can't be tell able me. to raise it. Well, you you're can't, talking you about can't. dynamic. You're talking about dynamic. You're talking yeah, about yes, yes. dynamic. Okay. Because literally – I'm now with you. You can't have a little bit. I didn't you can't have anger. understand where you're you going You can have with anger. That. You can have guilt. You can have fear. Those are emotions. The uh -huh. idea is that you can also have bliss and joy in the same day. Yep. You can experience it within seconds. And, and now we get into meta-awareness. Meta Yes. yes. Now we're in a meta consciousness, which is if you are guilty and angry, or and, believe and yourself, you and, are, and you're happy that you're not heartless, that you can feel anger and guilt. Are anger and guilt a bad thing? No. Or did I just wrap it in yeah. gratitude? Yeah. It's how you perceive it. Yeah. So that's that's where I was getting to with Grace. The <laughs> idea that I can feel guilt and all that is like it's cool because I could easily just not feel anything ever or, or not even be conscious of that. Yeah. Well, have you heard of the term spiritual bypassing? No. Really? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I haven't. Uh, let's, let's say your mom, your, your mom yelled at you a, a crap ton as a kid. Okay? You felt in your body pain, the sensation of pain. Oh, like was trauma being passed down through DNA. Uh, oh, that's a different conversation. Okay, Let me go <laughs> off here for a second. Okay. okay so, so – so yeah. let's say let's say mom yells at me. I feel pain in my system. It's an emotional pain. Yep. I wanted love. I wasn't getting that in my perception. Okay. Twenty years later, you say to yourself, "Well, my mom was doing the best she could." Yes. Are you honoring your pain? No. Mm. You're using your spiritual understanding, this ability to jump out or go meta. Okay, to go meta awareness to try and let your mom off the hook in hopes of letting your pain go away. You're like, well, if I forgive my mom, then I can forgive myself, then this pain will go away. Nope. You have to meet your pain, in my experience. You have to meet your pain and honor your pain and love your pain. Hmm. And forgive. Forgive yourself, forgive everybody involved, but don't ignore the sensation. Yep. You felt pain, plain and simple. When your mom could have been telling you she loved you, she was yelling at you. Let's not let's not use consciousness to try and ignore a truth. It's a sucky truth, yep. but if you ignore it, you create the shadow. And I meet a lot of spiritual beings that if I poke in the right spot, they'll melt. They're they're all love. Love and joy and peace and prosperity until I go and as soon as I touch that one spot, they melt. They absolutely melt. And I go, so you just, you're, you are a light being, but you're ignoring your shadow completely. And, and in ignoring that, you are creating an inner conflict between yous. Yeah. It's still you. You can't yeah. run away from you. Yeah. Hey, my teacher used to say, you, you run away from yourself far enough and fast enough, you'll run all the way around the world and right in the back of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. it, it, yeah. it, and I loved that because yeah. I, I I saw the, the, you know like okay so so for me for me I call myself a shadow walker yeah which is because I'm willing to have really really tough conversations yeah. about yourself. stuff that no not just with myself this is what I do with my clients yeah. oh yeah, yeah I have yeah. conversations about the stuff that nobody wants to talk about yeah like if you got gang raped you're not gonna go talk about talk about that with most people yeah. and I'll fuck with you let's talk <laughs> yeah tell yep. me about what that was like for you like I want to hear that because that for me is a dark conversation right but from the shadow but it's being you ignored. bring light to the shadow yep. it's if you never look at it and you ignore it you're not bringing light to the shadow your shadow just gets bigger yep because you're not bringing light to it yep makes sense for me I want to have that conversation bring light to it don't spiritually bypass Good afternoon. Okay, and, and, and bring these two bring these two concepts together of you are a love light being. You are. You are a love light being, but you are also a shadow being too. And there's a whole lot of stuff in there also. And until you can bring the two of them together, do you really know yourself? Happy yeah. New Year. Oh, Happy sorry. New Year. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when you bring them together? Is the question from the crowd. You have access to all of you. Yeah. Yes. It's Having awareness. And awareness. And, and for me, for me, the, um, everybody has to find a gateway to the shadow. For me, the gateway is virtue. I'm so sorry. She said a lot of people don't need a gateway to shadows. They know their shadows. Yeah, but, but how did they get to know their shadow, for me, would be a, ga a gateway to its transformation. It, 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 you know, you have to, I can't. If their whole life is pain and struggle and survival, that's their shadow. I would say, I would actually say that their shadow, if their whole life is pain and struggle and suffering, then their shadow would actually be the light. Ooh. <laughs> their inability to, their inability to, to, to see, see the, the to see the lighter parts of their life. Because I've, I've, I'll look at like, I've had a conversation with some um, pretty dangerous men. Who have done some bad stuff? Like we're talking about um, uh, mob bosses, gangsters, people who are sociopathic. I've had some conversations. Okay, when I said to them, "What did you do last Tuesday?" Well, I st I, I made this deal that screwed these fifteen hundred people. I said, "How long did it take you to do that deal?" He goes, 10 minutes." I said, "What'd you do for the rest of the day?" And he's like, "Oh, I went down to the beach and I did this." I said, "Why aren't you paying attention to any of that?" So, yeah, you did something really crappy, and it was bad, and we need to talk about that, and I know that you don't want to be like that anymore, and we're going to work that out. But for, for 23 hours that day, you, did you were fine. You were someone else. You could have taken those 23 hours and given to somebody, gifted somebody, spoken to somebody, offered somebody a compliment, but you focused in on that 10 minutes. There's this rigid flexibility thing again. It depends on where we place our attention. It's how, it's how we own that. Right, like I know somebody whose self-worth, here we're back to that freaking idea, is so poor that he only focuses on the parts of his life where he's hurt somebody. And I'm like, but you and I just spent two days together and I spent morning to night with you and you didn't hurt anybody. What about all that time? Are you not counting that into this equation in your head of your self-worth? And he goes, huh. And I went, yeah, 
if you look at the sheer number of moments you've probably hurt somebody compared to the sheer number of moments you've just been alive and fine and contributing and, and doing you, it grossly outweighs. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because even like in business and marketing, you always focus on like the one negative review and not like the hundred positive ones. Yeah. Right. Same thing. Yep. Same thing. But it, but it, comes, down, it <laughs> comes down to what is your connection to suffering? Because um, I believe it was the Buddha who said pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Yes. Okay, for me, pain is a sensation. It's a, it's a sensation in the body that lets you know I, you don't want to do this again. Yeah, there's danger. So don't, you don't want to do it again, whatever it is. If I hurt my ankle, I can't step on my ankle like that anymore. Right? You if probably I, wear a brace next time. Right? Yeah, if my mom yells at me, I don't want my mom to yell at me anymore. So th it's a sensation to create what's called what we call approach or avoidance. Okay, I'm going to avoid that. Pain is telling me to avoid. Pleasure is telling me to approach. It's very simple. Okay? What I do with my judgment mechanism about that sensation is what creates suffering or, 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 or. What's wrong with that? This shouldn't be happening right now. Shouldn't. Shouldn't. Deserving. Should, shouldn't is about deserving. Okay? Which is a concept that needs to be thrown away. Should or shouldn't doesn't change what is. You shouldn't treat me like that, but you're treating me like that. <laughs> instead of me wasting my time saying you shouldn't do that, I can ask myself the question, what would I like instead? Well, I'd like you to treat me better, but I can't control you. But I can't control my feet. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and then you turn around and walk away. And the person goes, wait a minute. I didn't tell you you could walk away. No, you didn't. But I can. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. And the problem becomes with it for a child who can't walk away because they can't fend for themselves. And that's where a lot of these programs come from. Because if a child had the choice at two years old that mommy can't, mommy's yelling at me, I'm going to choose to walk away now, I don't think we would have as much trauma from childhood. But a child can't do that. So there's this, there's, now we're getting into the multifaceted nature of need. Which is, I don't want you yelling at me, but I need you to feed me. So we are in a dynamic push-pull now. <laughs> we are in a dynamic push-pull. Until push -pull. I learn how to feed myself. Until I can take care of myself or somebody else comes along to take care of me. Okay, so this we're into some deep stuff now. <laughs> like we're into some that's, deep stuff That's now. the power, yes. Okay, we're into some deep stuff. Blessed be. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, for me, there are a lot of people who suffer, and they have lived a life of deep and profound Hardship. So is suffering an addiction? I Can think it be? it's just a habit. Mm. Once again, what is an addiction? An addiction is when you take an action in a context that doesn't lead to the result you want. Yeah. So can an addiction be a good thing? Yeah, I, I, I think as soon as it becomes I think as soon as it becomes a good thing, it loses the word addictive. Sure. Hmm. Well, we, we call it a we success habit. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> a habit. Right? We call it a success <laughs> habit. We call it a, you know, like we call a it a pattern of, a of joy. <laughs> of, you know, we call it a routine, our daily routine. Yes, daily routine. But ritual. Thi but once again, ritual. <laughs> this is, this is, and this is what I'm going to talk about on my, this is yeah. what I'm going to talk about in my talk tomorrow. When I give my talk on stage, I'm going to talk about this, about how we can use language. Because if I were to walk up to you and say, I'm about to stick you in a room with a guy you just met who's going to take his knife out and carve you up. He's going to pull your organs out, and you're going to bleed a lot. You're going to have a certain emotional effect. Yeah. But if I say I'm about to introduce you to a doctor who's going to use a scalpel to surgically, to surgically remove a cyst <laughs> or a tumor, suddenly you don't have any issue. But yeah. isn't that what I just described? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Same exact experience, completely different sets of words. Completely different sensory experience. Yeah. One of them we one of them were like, "Oh, thank God." And the other one were like, "Oh God. <laughs> no, thank you." Yeah. Well, am yeah. I going <laughs> to I don't know be like, "Where am I going to live?" cuz like I I want to know what that feels like sometimes. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> so does this make does this make sense? It does. Yeah. So for that's that's essentially I mean roundabout way tangential way of us talking about deserving <laughs> deserving blame and worth. <laughs> yeah, wow, that was deep. That was very deep. All right, last thing, um, we talked a little bit about uh, psychopaths the other day. <laughs> psychopaths and sociopaths. And sociopaths. Yes, we did. Uh, give me give me a soundbite on it because like I know it's a big deal. I anytime there's a Ted Bundy movie stuff like that, I'm I'm digging it right. Like there's so much charisma there. And it doesn't come from them being charismatic. It, it actually does come from them being charismatic. But what if what if charisma is not a gene? Okay. Or a piece of DNA. What if what if charisma is just the ability to bend or break social rules in a way that invites people to experience a dynamic range of emotions? Hmm. I like that. What causes somebody? What causes somebody to be charismatic? Isn't it just that they're memorable? You remember them, yep. and yep. when you when you you want to see them again, you want to spend time with them again, you want to listen to them, you want to engage with them again. That means that they've taken you through a dynamic range of emotions, and yet you have felt safe in their presence the whole time. Yep. Well, that safety is built on a set of parameters for each society, for each culture. So somebody who's charismatic in America may not, in fact, I'm willing to bet, would, would not be charismatic <laughs> in the Far East. No. They would call him over the top. Man, he's obnoxious and he's loud and he's all these other things. You know what I mean? No, it's okay. <laughs> all good. Getting the IV out. Hell yeah, dude. I bet that's the first time you got an IV during a podcast. Grab this. Got it. This is the first time I've had an IV oh, in yeah. the middle of a podcast. Oh, yeah. We have that. Wildly awesome that experience. Thank awesome you. Awesome ex distinction, right? Um. <laughs> So, so for me, charisma is, 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 is an actual skill set that one can develop. It just happens that... Because you would have to develop it differently if you move somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. If, I go to, if I go to Japan, if I go to Japan, I'm definitely going to wait and I'm going to watch and I'm going to see their culture and I'm going to go, so what is the way you deal with, they deal with emotion in this culture? What's the range of emotions they're allowed to have safely in any given context? Okay, and what are their habits, social habits, that will invite me to let them know I'm a part of their tribe? Because you need to, you need to communicate safety and comfort to be charismatic. So you need to, to demonstrate enough, enough of their social norms to let them know I'm safe, I'm, I'm safe within your presence. Thank you. I'm safe within your presence, but not so much that you become normal or average. Yes. All good. Ah, who cares? Yep. Just nice, blood. Okay, so, so uh, a sociopath or a psychopath, in, in my experience, doesn't have the same rules inside of them. So when they're raised, they're, they're off. Okay. No worries. So they're off. Okay, and this can be genetic. There have been studies I've seen of their their brains just not operating 
the way normal a normal brain would operate. They don't feel the same way. They don't do guilt the same way. Well, if you don't feel any guilt or any shame, which, by the way, is programmed into you via your society, your sociocultural makeup, it's like, oh, I'm guilty about this in this society, but in this society, it's no guilt about it at all. Yeah. Well, if they don't feel guilt at all, they can alter the rules, bend the rules, break the, ru- the rules at will because there's nothing within them keeping them to it. Yeah. Well, if there's, there's nothing, no nothing keeping them to no it, boundaries. then they can play. And if they can play, they can learn fast. And if they can learn fast, they go, oh, got it. In this culture, I just do this, say this, invite this thought, ask this question, and that will create them liking me. And they will just put that on like a mask. They'll go and drop the mask on. That's crazy. And that's why they can go from totally charismatic to killing you. (laughs) And they will have no thought about it. Yeah. None. That's nuts. Yep. That makes sense, though. And it's scary. For me, it's scary. Yeah. They, th- those people, in my eyes, have lost their humanness. Because emotion emotion plays such a powerful and important role. But and this is why we're obsessed with AI. But then you find This is why those we're obsessed character- with, like, androids. Did I hear you mention something that you find that characteristic uh, in a lot of, like, uh, high-powered people, CEOs, stuff like that? Um, I find the ability to ignore or depersonalize one's connection to another human to be valuable when you're at the top of a of a business sorry you got you got shareholders and they need you to increase their bottom line or they take their money out and then you've got nothing to invest in which means the whole company goes away but to get the shareholders their bottom line i got to take the factory out of that little town in michigan which means 1500 families are going to be out of jobs and i got to move it to the philippines i got to move it to thailand and i got to be able to look at that deal and go yeah. And just sign off on it and go, I can't think about it. I got to go home and sleep tonight. So they, they have to somehow create that emotional distance from those 1,500 families and what's going to happen there. Well, you get practice at emotional distance long enough, and it, it becomes rather difficult to, to build in the habit mm-hmm. of closing that gap again and developing a heart-centered bond because you've practiced emotionlessness yep. so much that you've got to practice its opposite. Yeah. And it's been my experience that most of those people at the top don't have enough time in a day to practice the, the connection because they're so, pra- they're so often practicing the disconnect. Yep. Yep. So they go uh-huh. home to their wives, husbands, children, children yep. and, and they're there with their kids for an hour, an hour and a half before they got to go to sleep, wake up, go back, back, right back to work again. So you're literally spending in 24 hours a day, one and a half hours in your heart, and 22 and a half hours not. What fires together wires together. Yeah, yeah. You practice emotionlessness long enough, and your brain literally just goes, "Oh, I guess that's not a useful skill. I'll, I'll practice some synaptic pruning." Yeah, yeah. That's and true. I'll just prune away those those synapses. Yep, yep. If you don't use it, you lose it. Yep. Hey, so, so this has been badass, man. I'm glad we met. Uh, John, such a pleasure. Yeah. Follow on a, a, a pleasure. How can how can people find you, Johnny? Um, they can check out. They can check out one of my two companies. You can you can look at processyourpotential.com, or you can check out yourcharismacoach.com for psychedelics. Bad luck, thanks guys.